Hello and welcome to the Verizon Harvest podcast. This is week three. My name is Chris Gerling. I'm an extension associate in the Department of Food Science. I am joined by Jeremy Schuster of the Eastern New York Commercial Horticulture Program, Jennifer Phillips Russo of the Lake Erie Regional Grape Program, Hans Walter Peterson of the Finger Lakes Grape Program, and Alice Wise of Suffolk County Cooperative Extension. It is now week three in New York State. We are experiencing, I think, the beginnings of real harvest, I would call it, in my opinion, as people are starting to bring in fruit. I talked to some winemakers yesterday who said I can talk today because 20 plus tons are coming tomorrow. And so I think that we are starting to get into the to the actual season proper. Would all of you agree with that? Let's start with Alice. Yes. <laughs> to the point. No, it's starting. Sure. And the weather, um, you know, we were a little concerned about the weather, but it seems like uh, the hurricane that's in the Atlantic is not going to be a big deal for Long Island. Um, let's hope our colleagues in New England do okay. But I think it's going to allow us, the weather looks good for the next week and a half, and let's hope that provides some nice hang time. Yeah, definitely. Jeremy, out in eastern New York, you had some of the most, I would say, eye-popping numbers when we look at the table for, for week three. What do you think of that? Yep. I uh, actually reached out to growers across my region to get their inputs. I've received scattered reports of feeding pressures, so critters that are following that grapes are on the menu. So I recommend scouting frequently and getting into turns out there. In the Capital District, they're going to be started harvesting the Marquette next week here in the Hudson Valleys. Some of the Pinot Noirs have been taken for sparkling already. Talked with the local vineyard. They think they're about two weeks behind where they were last year. The bricks are just really low. So this clear forecast, I'm hopeful that we can get our bricks up there and don't lose our fruit quality in the meantime. Yeah. So speaking of things being a little bit lower than they have been in previous years, uh, Jen, would you care to, what do you think about how the bricks are looking as, as, composed, as opposed to last year? Looking at the numbers, I knew you were heading right towards me on that one. So unfortunately, our bricks are much lower than the historical average. We're trying to decipher just why that might be happening. We're curious if the prolonged bloom period as well as the cooler wet weather along that time may have something to do with it. But we're noticing that processors are pushing back their harvest days on some of the Concords, which is about 90% of the grapes out in our region. And the historical bricks that we're looking at at this time are sort of gearing up towards the year 2004, which when looking back at some of our crop updates at that time, it was sort of a summer that never happened. We didn't even rip reach 16 bricks until 42 days after Verasion at that time. So we were hoping that the beautiful weather we had over the holiday weekend would have given us the bump that we would see in this week's numbers, but that just didn't happen. So slightly nervous, hoping for a little bit of weather to stay nice and sunny and allow us to catch up and have a lot more hang time, like Alice was saying. So. It, it started to actually feel like what I would call real fall in the Finger Lakes. The, the skies have gotten bluer. The humidity has dropped. We're having the warm, sunny day and the, the cooler nights, which before, like last week, the night and the day high and low were like four degrees apart. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not much. But now we're starting to get, it's starting to feel a little bit more like real fall. And I said, what do you think about the Finger Lakes, Hans, and what's going on? Yeah, I think um, looking at the numbers uh, from the Finger Lakes, we had, we actually had some bricks jumped a little bit. I think the bigger change that I noticed is that 
the acidity has dropped quite a bit between last week and this week in our in our samples. So, uh, which I'm, which I was glad to see because they're quite high last week. So, Brick still is lagging behind last year, which it's been a bit of a slightly cooler year than last year, so it's not surprising. And yeah, the the fruit chemistry seems to be okay. We're we started harvest here in earnest, like you're saying, Chris, this week. I've seen a few different blocks of Pinot being picked, uh, Pinot Noir being picked this week, both for sparkling and still. One of the vineyards I visited said their Pinot was right around uh, 19 to 21, kind of depending on their samples. And so they're just kind of like, we had some rain the other night and they're just like, we just wanted to get it off before any more, you know, any significant rot started to really start to creep in. So so, and I think that's going to be a strategy that a lot of places take this year is just kind of be, I always talk about having years where you pick when you have to and pick when you want to. And so there's always a mix of that in some ways, but I think wineries and winemakers are happier to pick cleaner fruit, even if it's not quite at the ideal chemistry that they might like. They'd much rather make wine with clean fruit than letting stuff hang out there for a couple of weeks, at least most of them. So... <laughs> Yeah, so the the big thing that happened here this week is um, over the weekend with this high heat and sunlight that we had over the Labor Day weekend and, and right around that time, we're seeing a lot of sunburn in Riesling and really not much else. It's a bit unusual showing up the way it has. Typically with sunburn, you kind of see the skins just kind of turn tough and black. In this case, they're turning more kind of brown almost like you would see sour rot start to develop. Um, but there's no fruit flies, there's no vinegar smell, there's no rotting, you know, kind of fermenting fruit smell in the vineyard. So, and when you turn the clusters over, they're perfectly clean and nice. So it's manifesting itself in a little bit of a different way than, than I'm used to seeing. And I think a lot of growers are used to seeing. So there's a little bit of concern about that, what that means for fruit quality and stuff. And so stuff that some of it is starting to just shrivel up and turn into hard little crusty pips, basically. So if that happens, great. I mean, that's that's less stuff that can really impart some of those flavors into into the wines that are made from that fruit. So if that's what happens, that's that's good. Anna Catherine Mansfield and I are planning on pulling together an article probably for next week's update. Just don't quite have the time to do it for this week. Just on sunburn, what it is, kind of a quick almost literature review kind of thing, kind of like Anna and Catherine did with Smoke Taint a couple of weeks ago, just to kind of explain what, what it is and what we're seeing. And we'll kind of see the fate of this fruit develop a little bit more over the next week. So uh, so that'll be a next week's Berries and Harvest. Great. Thanks, Hans. Yeah, that's it's, it's an interesting phenomenon that we're seeing in Finger Lakes. It seems like, I think we're not going to, we agree, we're not going to probably set any bricks, soluble solids records in Western New York. When I look out at Eastern New York, Alice, it seems like your season is the most maybe comparable to the last year almost. It's it's not too different from, from last year, whereas upstate we're seeing more differences between last year and this year. Do you think that's true? Well, every season's different. I mean, if you're looking at it from the vineyard management standpoint, every season, you know, last year was dry. And this year we've had periodic rain, although not as much rain really as they predicted and very sudden heavy rain and like last night it rained for about 10 minutes really heavy and then stopped 
but I've been surprised. I mean, there's a little bit of cluster rot just in the usual suspects like Pinot, um, a little bit of sour rot, but I've been surprised how well fruit is holding up, like Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc look pretty good in most blocks. You know, that's a, that's a good thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to compare years, but I think growers are optimistic. I would like to um, just address something that Tom said, and that's, you know, I think there's a fine line between wanting clean fruit and flavor development. And I think sometimes some growers like to let things hang a little longer and commit to sorting fruit toward harvest. You know, you don't want to lose too much in yield, but you know, I think sometimes that's a strategy that people use. The have to versus want to debate is is a big one, I think, all across the state for every different grower, for every different situation, for every different variety. It's still, it's always that balance between trying to, to get the absolute maximum ripening potential versus trying to minimize rot, minimize loss, minimize damage, minimize risk. And that's, that is always the, the balance that we're Absolutely. walking on. Yeah, in, in in New York State especially, I think everybody else thinks that they'd have to do that. Maybe in the West, but uh, we, for us, it's 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 that we much more. Not, that's much more, uh, yeah, extreme, I guess. Not to you say. know, and if it's up to vineyard managers, harvest would take place like three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything. That is true. Yeah, that is true. But, um, you know, no, and the, I think like Jeremy was saying that the weather here looks terrific for the next ten day. Knock on my wooden desk here. Might have a tiny bit of rain on like on Monday or Tuesday next week, but otherwise it's supposed to be pretty nice. So hopefully that uh, that helps us to yeah here make some more advances, yeah, make some more advances in ripening and stuff. Sorry, Jeremy. No, you're fine. We're, we're going to need it too because we just got an inch of rain yesterday. If you want to place your bets on what Hurricane Lee is going to do and what we're going to feel from that, but I have some growers that are anxiously uh, anticipating the worst while hoping for the best and they're making their harvest decisions around that. That's one good way to describe agriculture right there, anticipating the worst and hoping for the best. Yeah. What do you think, Jen, for the, what's the outlook for the next week or so? It seems to be the same across cooler nights, like we're down in the 50s some of the nights, but then we get up into the 70s during the day. So for color development, hoping that's helpful. We have had some people talk about the lack of color and flavor this year, but I'm just hoping that that's because we seem to be behind and maybe a little more hang time will just help help us out with that. So the weather looks good for that. I think we we are in the position that we often are and that we need September to do some work for us to finish this off. Last year, we didn't need September and that was awesome. That was definitely, I think, a an outlier season. This year, we, we, we need September. It looks like September's finally figuring it out. We're shifting gears and we, we ground the gears a little bit in the first week of September, trying to turn that humidity off and get the nice blue skies and, and dry. And maybe we've hit that and we'll hope that we can cruise like that for a little while. Thanks so much for your time today, everybody. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? Any final thoughts? Any shout outs to pick up any sponsors in the last couple of days? <laughs> Brought to you by Brilk Cream. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, showing your age, Hans. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> what's that? Burmashave. I have no idea. Actually, it should be Burmashave. That would be yeah. Right. yeah. Still don't know what that is, Hans. <laughs> <laughs> this part's getting cut out, right?
as far as you know. Yeah. yeah. So, right. One thing I want to add at the end here, I received a communication from our colleagues down at Penn State with growers being out in the vineyards more often. If they do see spotted lanternfly, please report it to your local extension agent and fill out the survey. Penn State has a spotted lanternfly tracking survey so we get an idea where the populations are at. Oh, Jeremy, there you go, opening up the bag. And I should also mention that I went on a spotted lantern fly hunt two days ago and did catch a couple adults in our region, but not around grapes. So there was definitely, we knew that population was there, but it is definitely established. And we um, just need everybody to report to reportslf.com if you are in New York State. So thank you for the reminder, Jeremy. Well, like you said, it's the time when everybody's, everybody's out in the vineyard. So. It's a good time to be looking. Alrighty. Thanks, everybody. All right. See you next week. Send me your updates. Send photos. Send them soon. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thanks. See you guys. Bye.